The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. That janitor in Cleveland feels happy all of the time, whereas the dude in the Bentley that's going down Santa Monica Boulevard that's screaming at people and flipping them off and, you know, lost a $5 million deal even though he lives in a $40 million house, like, that dude's fucking miserable and he's going to stay miserable. So, it, it, yeah, happiness, it's a state of mind and it's the result of, of treating people the way you want to be treated. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to your favorite podcast in the entire world. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Khalil Rafati. Episode, this is the second time he's been, I was going to say I was going to say episode two, but it's obviously episode, I don't know, 250, whatever the hell we're at. But this is the second time Khalil's been on the show. The first time he came was episode 187. It is one of the most downloaded shows that we've ever done. He has an incredible story about addiction and how he battled his way out. It's, it's a real human story. It's, I mean, to do it justice is you have to you really have to go back and listen so if you haven't heard episode 187 with khalil before go back listen to that one pause this one because it really is an incredible story i mean the guy has done it all and lived to tell about it that's why i titled this episode khalil rafati forgot to die because he literally forgot to die on this episode we're talking about how to identify pain in your life and address it forgiveness finding out what's real empathy versus sympathy evolving and a lot more khalil always packs a punch when he comes on the show he's one of my favorite guest interview one of Lauren's favorite. For those of you that are new to the show, my name is Michael Bostic. I am a serial entrepreneur and brand builder. Most recently, the CEO and co-founder of the Dear Media Podcast Network, constantly adding shows to our roster, exploding in growth. And typically, I am joined on these introductions by my beautiful wife, Lauren Everts, who's at home right now with our baby. And she's back in the studio tomorrow. It'll be interesting. You know, we're, we, you know we took a little hiatus here with the baby. And so now we're, I've been filling in. But don't worry, she is on this episode. We batched a couple before she went on maternity leave and her me and khalil sit down hash it all out talk about a lot of things with that khalil buddy welcome back to the show you can continue to hit on my beautiful wife if you send me sun life organics every single day to the office that is the price of entry to be able to flirt with my wife you heard it here send it to my office and then you get all the inappropriate texts it's all good if you just send me that million dollar smoothie billion dollar bowl every single day love you this is the skinny confidential him and her why is this so good? I'm eating a banana chocolate situation and normally I eat bad cookies and this tastes just like the bad cookies, but it's not bad. That is, uh, that took two years to make, uh, two years to formulate. And and I, all joking aside, and my, my ex-partner, my ex-girlfriend is the most amazing human being on the planet. And I don't say that lightly. That was one of the things that after nine years of being together, that was one of the things that, that, that took us apart was fighting over that and fighting over the bar fighting over the ingredients and the timing and getting it together and finding the third party whatever you call that that makes them for us and yeah it was a it was the, like the bane of our existence because i wanted the perfect granola bar i wanted a granola bar that didn't have any weird shit in it no canola oil or no yeast or no like i don't if you look at the ingredients of stuff there's normally so much nasty shit in there that xanax you, gum or not Xanax oh, gum. Xanax gum might actually feel nice <laughs> right now because again? my nerves are so afraid. <laughs> I got to tell you, getting here this morning, first of all, did you see my Instagram story? I haven't looked at it. Well, I've been so okay. slammed here. But. So I had to go to the dentist this morning. Okay. And, and I was 25 minutes late to the dentist this morning because I'm frantically manscaping in the shower. I don't know why I'm manscaping to come to a podcast. Well, you knew you were going to come I, see me and you needed to make sure. Whatever it is, <laughs> I, I was like really like going at my undercarriage uh -huh. and lost track okay. of time. <laughs> And show up at my dentist 25 minutes late and the only, and then all of a sudden we're like looking up your wife on the thing and he's like looking at images of Lauren and- it, And then it, it got sidetracked. Oh yeah, that, I can see yeah. you can get down a rabbit hole there. So then he says, wait a second, you're going to a podcast? I go, yeah. And I'm like, and so you can't do any of that Novocaine shit because I can't go in there drooling. And he's like, you want no Novocaine. And I'm like, I can't, oh. I have to go. So- pulls off the temporary crown, goes in there and he's like, I gotta be honest with you, this is really gonna hurt. And I'm like, 
hurt versus drooling on myself in front of the amazing Lauren, like I'm gonna I'm gonna take the pain. Holy Khalil, shit. you're so sweet. You I make knew, me ooh. feel so hot when I'm pregnant. You could take a tip or two. You know, I said I said Khalil's gonna come in here and he's gonna make me look bad. He's gonna be so sweet. He's gonna be a bunch of sunlight organics. He's gonna, Khalil, His I, dentist I, is popping a boner for me. I, I mean, have to go I, back. True. Like, yeah, I'm going back to your dentist. I have to do you some justice right now. I have to go back and usually I do this in the beginning, but I gotta do it right now because okay. it's important. So I have to give you a brief introduction because Khalil, was, you have been one of our favorite guests that we've ever had, which is Thank why you. you're back on this show. Thank you. You are definitely one of the most downloaded episodes ever on this podcast. That's amazing. Thank and you. And I'm just so excited to talk to you again. People, if you haven't, I'm, I'm sure the high majority, because I've seen the downloads, has listened to the episode you're on. But if you haven't, you got to go back and check out episode number 187. Which is the first time you came on on May So much 7th. context in that episode. May 7th, 2019. And I have one question. How has your life changed since coming on the Skinny Confidential, him and her show? Oh my God, Michael, are you kidding? We're going to do this? It, I oh. mean, look, credit credit needs to be given where credit <laughs> is due. First of all, I got in, in one week, I think I got 12,000 new followers and when you only have 20 that's a you know that's a huge deal so i want to thank you guys for that oh it's, Michael. it's been it, it's been incredible but i'll tell you the differences well first of all normally you never get more than like a couple hundred yep. or you know maybe it's a thousand if there's an article in the new york times written about you or something but <laughs> the, the the quality of people that listen to your show the level of intelli intelligence the level of i love how open-minded they are like i you you guys have a lot of people that are vegans or they're paleo or they're whatever, and they are completely open-minded to whatever it is that I wanna post about or I wanna talk about, and they're not like jumping all over me because I don't exactly align with you know with who they are. And some beautiful friendships and, and relationships have come out of it. And people in Scottsdale, Arizona, God bless you. Thank you so much for coming out. And um, they're all your customers. I mean- Well, they're your customers. Well, I thought you were gonna say that your life changed because you met Lauren and I and you just loved us so much because we love you so much. That's what I thought. But that, I'm, glad, I'm glad there's also, you know, listen, our listeners are amazing too. But, are you, you guys know. gonna give each other a hand? I just am excited to talk to Khalil again. I, and might, I'm, I'm it, you know? I might if I can reach. No, of course. It's amazing that we've become friends and I really, really enjoy hanging out with you guys. And we've broken a lot of bread together and had a lot of laughs together. And, you know, and also for those listening, full disclosure, I don't just have the hots for Lauren and Michael allows that. And I literally had to text him one day and say like, hey man, I hope you're okay with me like creeping on your wife all the time. Because, he loves it. Okay. So, and I've got, I've creep got a thing, away. I've got a thing for, for pregnant women. Listen, I, creep I, away, my friend. Thank you. You can get away with it. Thank you. Know? I don't know if you have a thing for eight and a half months pregnant about to burst. Whatever you got going on right now, I'm all about it. Okay. All I want at the hospital, and I'm requesting this, is a bone broth. When you got I give it. birth, like while oh. I'm giving, oh, you can't, I don't think you can eat while you're giving birth. After I give birth, I want a bone broth and an iced matcha. Whatever you want. Because I have that every single morning. Thank you. I order it and you just brought me the ceremonial grade matcha that I can make at home. Yes. So excited for this. Mimi, I told you, she's a real snob about her matcha. Yeah. She went to Japan and had matcha with real um, handmade marshmallows. Yeah. And she came back and she says, I hate all the matcha in LA. Yeah. And this morning I ordered her one and I said, just try this. And she was blown away. Oh, that makes Use me happy. raw honey, little coconut milk. Yeah. Right? Let's take a hot break to talk about skin. I mean, this is one of my favorite topics on the planet. And there's nothing better than renewing your skin. Since things have me very busy at the moment, I'm sure you can imagine, I'm tired. I need all the help I can get, like products that are helping me out with dull skin, something to renew my skin, rejuvenate it. So enter Biosance. We've talked about Biosance oils many times on my Instagram account, on my Instagram TV and stories, but today we're going to discuss it here. So they have this night serum. It's like the squalane plus lactic acid or surfacing night serum to get specific with you. And it dramatically resurfaces skin overnight. So basically you wake up to smoother and like more luscious, luminous skin. You know what I mean? So basically you wake up to smoother, more luminous skin, a, a beautiful complexion. You can use it nightly and it's for all skin types, which we love. Basically I tested it out and I did two to three pumps at night, like a dime size amount after my moisturizer. And I took it down the neck and down the chest to my boobs because that's how I roll. 
And I was very much about their ingredients. So it's lactic acid, clover, squalane, and lavender. And the lavender is amazing at night because it really soothes and calms the skin. I always am trying to calm my skin. And in the morning, you wake up with, like I said, this calm skin. And I just feel like it reduces the look of fine lines and wrinkles. Very effective if you're busy and you want to get your night serum to do the work for you. They have extended an offer to all TSC, him and her listeners. Basically, you just go to biosance.com. That's B-I-O-S-S-A-N-C-E.com. And then you use Lauren20 for 20% off. Shop the skincare. Check out their night serum. Let me know what you guys think. And with that, let's get back into the episode with Khalil. We do. Yeah. We, well, the honey is actually rescue honey. So we buy 180 pounds of honey a month from this guy up in Topanga that goes out. Normally when you have a bee infestation, you call an exterminator and they come and they kill it. And now people are starting to wake up to the fact that if we lose the bees, we lose everything, you know, got to save the bees. So this cat goes for free and he takes these hives out. He, he rescues the queen and then he puts the hive in like a thing and then he transports it to his giant farm and then he lets them live there and you know do what bees do. They make honey. And then we support that by buying 180 pounds of raw rescue honey every single month. That's one of the ingredients in the ice matcha latte. The matcha is from Kagoshima, Japan, which is the region that the samurai ruled. And I've been there twice and I had to go and like meet the tea master first and I had to win his approval. Then I got to meet the farmers. Then I got to go to the factory. So there's a lot more complexity to it than just it tasting really, really good. Me and Brad worked, you know, diligently to make this taste amazing with the coconut cream, the matcha, the raw rescue honey and the oat milk. But there's all, there, there's also an incredible level of integrity that goes into making the drink. And I think that's what people are picking up on. I just side note question, because I love a detail. Why oat milk instead of almond? Is one better than the other or is not one better than the other? Almond's a little grainy. Oat milk is a little bit thicker. It just, it just, it's nicer on the palate. And I'm just, I'm sick of almond milk and almond, like to create almond milk, there's so much water has to go into creating, you know, into almonds. It's really, really not good for the environment. I knew oat- you had a reason. Oat is much more sustainable, but I don't want to sound like some, you know, I drive a Volkswagen bus and I'm out <laughs> hugging trees, even though, I don't know, Volkswagen buses are kind of cool and I do hug trees. I don't know what's question. How, how do you go about winning a tea, a tea master's approval? It did not go well at first because I, just the way I dress, I don't know. He was, uh, he was eyeballing me and then I knew it wasn't going well. And it's all on film, by the way. At some point, I'm going to release a little documentary about how all this happened. But anyway, it wasn't going well. My loud, abrasive, bombastic, gregarious, engaging was not, <laughs> he was, he was not vibing with it. And I, and I started to panic. I'm like, shit, what do I do? He starts talking about the tea bushes and, you know, I was out there like petting them and trying to, and just wasn't working. And then finally I was like, with, through the translator, I'm like, can you please ask him who does he like more? The, the tea leaves, the tea bushes or his wife. And the translator was like all panicked. I'm like, ask him. And he asked him. And then the, the tea master looked at me and just cracks up laughing. And that was it. They broke the ice, got their approval. I broke the ice. And then all of a sudden he wanted me to take pictures with his whole family. And it just it ended up working incredibly well. So I want to, there's a lot, I mean, listen, we're going to have a, a wide ranging conversation here as we always do. One of the topics, the, the, the topic that we covered last time was basically your struggle with addiction in the past. And I think that conversation helped a lot of people. We get messages all the time, as I'm sure you do, about people yes. that are pulling themselves out of the, the grips of addiction and, and trying to get better and trying to heal and trying to, you know, combat it. But there's one thing we wanted to talk about is your story is so intense. I mean, it was like, like that's a 10 in terms of intense stories, at least in my opinion, I don't have that much experience. And just to play off that, I, I did end up reading your book. We talked about this after you came on. The book's a 12. You guys, the book, first of all, I read it in one weekend because you cannot put it down. The book's a 12. Thank you. Everyone should read your book. Thank you. Just a side note. But there's a lot of people that, you know, just a lot of people in general, not just listeners of this show, that struggle with addiction. And maybe they're like, I would maybe categorize them and you can speak to this better as like functioning addicts. Mm-hmm. The people that are like, you know, I can get up, I got to function at work. I'm taking a bunch of Adderall, but I can do it. And I'm still going to work and everything still looks fine. Got to take a Xanax to go to Xanax, bed. I'm, yeah. you know, what would you tell people that are maybe, you know, they don't consider themselves yet an addict, they're functioning, but they're definitely dependent on substances. Yeah, we want to th- we want to really theme this show towards people that are functioning because we're seeing this a lot. Like people, I, I hear all the time from girls, like Michael said, they're on Adderall, they're having cocktails six nights a week. They're teetering on the edge, but they're not full-blown addiction. 
I, you know, first of all, they're completely robbing themselves of a, a meaningful and a real, impactful, exciting existence. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna use a weird analogy, but like so, because I'm I'm just gonna use this analogy. I was gonna not use it for a second, but I'm gonna use this analogy. So. If you're going out and you're doing coke on the weekends, which everyone knows that's bullshit because that means the weekend starts Wednesday night and it ends Tuesday morning. But let's just say you are. Let's say you're doing coke on the weekends, you're drinking, you're taking Xanax, you're doing all that stuff. I would liken that to somebody who is looking at pornography every day, all day, and you know, and masturbating multiple times a day, and then trying to have a meaningful relationship, a meaning meaningful uh, intimate relationship with their significant other it's not gonna work, it's not gonna pan out. That's not how sex is supposed to look. That's not how bodies are supposed to look. That's not what we're supposed to do to our significant other, right? So if if you're constantly engaging in, in the synthetic version of intimacy, and then you try to experience intimacy, it's never gonna pan out. It's never gonna feel right. So if you're taking Molly when you get to the club and you're drinking five drinks so you can be more social, and then before you're having sex with a girl and you're you know, you're know popping whatever the, what are the blue pills? The Viagra's? But yeah, if you're yeah. taking Viagra before you have sex and you're taking a whatever to go to bed, an Ambien to go to bed, you're just missing life. I mean, you might as well just I don't know. Go jump off a bridge because because it's a half life. It's not a it's not a real life. There's not you're not experiencing what life has to offer. Life is so incredible and so profound, and there's so many exciting, amazing things that you can do with your life. You can be of service to people, and you can build amazing relationships with people. And you can, you know, I go on the I, I take a walk on the beach in the morning by myself always, and to feel my feet reconnected to the earth and to feel the negative ions of the ocean bathing me in 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 that goodness and as the sun's coming up and to feel that warm sunlight on my torso i get to commune with god i get to experience each day the miracle of creation and those waves crashing in and that that's just a tiny little sliver of my day had i taken Xanax or Ambien or whatever to go to sleep. When I woke up in the morning, I'm probably going to need nine cups of coffee to shake off that lethargy, right? And then now I'm all anxious. So then I've got to take whatever the doctor prescribed me to cope with my anxiety and my depression. And you you can't medicate your way out of trauma. You you can't you can't just continue to put a band aid on a wound that is gaping and because you're going to bleed to death, right? And that's all that shit is. It's just it's it's a it's a temporary fake fix, right? And I'm not knocking anyone who's taking pharmaceutical medications for anxiety and depression. I did myself for many, many years. And if you're suffering from acute, you know, panic attacks or or anxiety, or whatever, you know, maybe that's a route that you want to take for a while. I certainly did. I haven't in many, many years. But you you're just continuing to kick the can down the road, so to speak, until you really cope with what is the cognitive dissonance that's taking place in between your two ears. What's going on? Are you in a relationship that you shouldn't be in anymore? Are you at a job that you fucking hate and you're scared to admit it? Are you living under the oppression of your parents' opinion of who they think you should be? I mean, there there's so much cognitive dissonance going on, especially in this town, and so much shallowness and so much pretentiousness. And I just got back from Ohio and I wanted to ask you about that. Why yeah. you, you wrote a post? Why were you scared to go back to Ohio? Why would? You, why did you say that? You know, you you had been putting it off. Okay, so we need to discuss way. I mean, you guys have obviously heard about it. I'm sure all over social media. I'm sure you know it was created by celebrity hairstylist Jen Adkin, and I'm sure you guys know exactly what I'm talking about because the New York Times actually called her the most influential hairstylist in the world, which is wild. Basically, Jen's all about a simplified hair routine and realistic hair goals that anyone can achieve. And this is what Way is about too, which is awesome. And why I'm a huge fan of their products, just from like a branding perspective, is that Way is super community driven. So they ask their community what products they want instead of telling them what they need. I think this is so smart and avant-garde and on the pulse. Anyways, so they have a lot of shampoos and conditioners that are problem solution based. 
And personally, if I picked my favorite, it's definitely their new thick shampoo and conditioner. So basically it cleanses without stripping and they have like a shea butter and an avocado oil in it that hydrate and smooth your hair. But what I'm obsessed with is there's a marshmallow root in it and that detangles and fights frizz very much about it. And it's color safe. It's sulfate free, cruelty free, sustainable packaging. It's all eco-friendly. I am in love. Shop new shampoos and conditioner for fine, medium, and thick hair at theway.com. That's spelled O-U-A-I. And don't forget to use the code SKINNY to receive three free samples with your order. That's theway.com and use code SKINNY. All right, let's get back into the episode. I I had been putting it off because... Because you grew up there, right? Yeah, so much pain and so much, so much pain and so much damage was done there. And a, a large part of it has much more so than I thought has been dealt with and I've, I've processed and I've healed from. But 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. So 10 years ago when I went back to Ohio, because I had to go back, right, for whatever reason it was, I was just gripped with fear the entire time that I was there. And it was a horrible, horrible experience. This time it was actually, strangely enough, even though it was to bury my best friend from childhood, it was actually a pretty amazing experience. I got to look and remember and get in touch with who I was because, you know, I don't know. I, I live in Malibu. I don't live in the real world. Was this the first time you've been back since since all those years? I've been back. I've been back like seven times in 28 years. You had to bury your best friend from childhood. Yeah. Yeah, Todd. Was drugs involved? It's still being investigated. So so when you go back there, do you have like association where you feel like you're maybe going to use? Is that what no. it is? Nothing, God, no. Nothing with no, that. No, no, no. So you just have anxiety. Yeah, I mean, I spent, I spent 22 years living through that godless existence. It was brutal. It was really, really tough. And your book, you really go into detail. I do, you yeah. You really go into detail about yeah. your childhood there. So like, for, as someone who's read your book, I can understand, you understand. Why, yeah. why it would be really triggering. Yeah. I went through, for those listening, I, I went through some really, really dark shit back there as a child and the type of shit that no child should ever go through ever. Nothing about it is okay. There's no excuses. And um, and so, yeah, I used to be pretty triggered when I when I went back there. This time, I don't know, it was different. It was gnarly, like looking at my, my best friend, my protector, looking at Todd in a casket as a corpse. I mean, I cried harder than I can. I don't, I don't remember crying that hard and probably since Anna left, probably since Anna left in the book when you read about the girl from Iceland that went back to Iceland and never came back. Yeah, I think that was the last time I cried that hard. But it was good. I mean, it was a cathartic cry. And again, because I'm not on a bunch of psych meds and I'm not on Xanax and I'm not drunk. Everyone at the funeral is drunk. Everyone's fucked up. Everyone's drinking. They're going out back. They're drinking. They're, I mean, a couple people look like maybe they're doing a little bit more. You know, they're, they're going to look back years from now and they're going to go, fuck, was I even at that funeral? Where I was there, I was present. I was able to honor my best friend, my protector, I walked up to his mother at the end and I took her hand and I kissed her hand and I took his father's hand and I shook his hand and I looked him in the eyes and I said, I love your son. And then I went over to the casket and I was able to put my hand, it was an open casket, which I wish it wasn't, but I, I, I put my hand on his arm and I said, I love you, buddy. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for taking care of me. Cause I was a little shit, a little five foot one. Was he older than you? No, but he, he was, was giant. Big. His yeah. big, you know, yeah. Polish guy that like, I was that little guy that was always starting fights that wasn't tough. Well, sounds familiar. And yeah. he was this <laughs> giant, you know, football player athlete, him and his brother. And they always protected me. They took care of me. And, and oh man. So that, it was something else. And I went, I saw my mom, which I thought was going to tear my heart out because she's in a memory care unit and pretty much everything is slipping away and she's doing the long goodbye. And strangely enough, I walk in, I thought I was gonna surprise her and I walk in and she was like, oh, hi. She calls me Lamb. She's like, hello, Lamb. I'm like, hi, mom. She's this little Polish woman with this really heavy accent. And I'm like, hey, mom. And she didn't say like, sit down. She didn't like, I don't know. It didn't seem unusual that I was there and she's sitting <laughs> with these five women and then she just continues her conversation with these women. And I, and I realized like, she's doing her long goodbye. And it's okay. And she's surrounded by people that she can talk to and and engage with. And and you know, my huge fear of putting her in a place like that was stupid. She's happier than she's been in 30, 40 years. So that was actually She has community. 
it's just community. And that was actually good as well. So the whole thing ultimately ended up being pretty amazing. But had I been fucked up, had I still been on drugs, first of all, I wouldn't have gone. Had I been, forget about fucked up, had I been supplementing my existence with chemical courage or whatever, I would have rationalized and justified and minimalized a way of avoiding something that I absolutely needed to show up at and be at and be present and be an example for everybody in that room, who, who by the way, all look like they could have been my parents and most of them were younger than me. So let me say this. So I want to play devil's advocate in a second, but before I would say a lot of the listeners that are listening know your story and know your background from the last episode. And if they don't, maybe you should pause this to go listen to that and then come back. So it'll give a lot of context to this conversation, I think. But for somebody sitting in your seat now and the person, maybe they're a skeptic and they're saying like, well, that's easy for him to say because he's got all this, these successful stores and he's doing well and he's got all these women and flying on jets and all these things like maybe talk a little bit about some of the work you've had to do on yourself to get to where you are now. Because I think from the outside now, everything looks great, right? You're in Japan, you're with T-Masters, you're with yeah. but it's, it hasn't been an easy road. It hasn't been, it hasn't been an easy road. And for anybody that does follow me on Instagram or looks at those pictures of me on private jets and me in penthouses and all that stuff, first of all, I want to say none of that stuff means anything. And, and how I even got exposed to any of it is just, it, it's comical. You know, if you feed people good food, they want you around. There's something sacred about this, right? You're a mother. First of all, women are sacred, right? Let, 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 let's just put that out there. Women are sacred. Women are the gods. Women are the ones walking around that, cre that can create life within themselves. Think about that. It's pretty wild. I know, I know. Pull out your fucking trapper keeper right now. I know, I know dudes that like brag about what kind of horsepower they have in their Range Rover. Fuck your Range Rover. Yeah, women, women are sacred. Women create life within themselves, right? Yep. So we, we we have to get we have to get that out of the way. Women are sacred. All of the shiny stuff, all of the private jets, all of the Aspen in the south of France, and all that stuff. Like I, I've done it so much to the point, and I'm not I'm not bragging. I'm I'm saying this for a reason. Number one, none of those trips are mine. None of those jets are mine. None of those penthouses are mine. I have a little bit of money right now, but. You know, my girlfriend and I, if we're going to fly somewhere, we fly coach. You know, if it's going to be a six hour flight, I'm going to do first class because I got a bad back and I'm old and I don't want to fucking suffer through a flight. But Nothing like, wrong with that. But, but I'm just saying like, you know, it, it, after the first or second or 10th time on someone else's private jet and after a pretentious asshole like myself continues to snap pictures of myself and put it on Instagram, you start to get a little bit of a soul sickness and you start to realize that just one of those jet rides is using up more of a carbon footprint than my entire lifetime will, right? And when you're staying in someone else's $25,000 a night penthouse, I'm in my room like cleaning my room before the housekeeper gets there because yep. I was a housekeeper. I cleaned apartments 16 years ago and my mom was a maid, right? I can't enjoy it. I can't get comfortable. I can't. I've stayed in nice hotels in Cabo like with my girl because I have a bunch of American Express points and I'll enjoy the shit out of that. And I will take care of those, you know, those people cleaning those rooms. But when I'm in those $25,000 a night rooms, I, I literally find myself cleaning my room before they come in and feeling sick as I walk out and I'm watching them walk in to clean up the, the mess. It's just, it's not... That none of that stuff means shit. The shiny stuff, as I said the other day, the shiny stuff is cool for a moment. If it's something symbolic, you know, if it's something like that, and I'm pointing to my pretentious watch that I bought myself as a milestone, if it's something like that, it's somewhat justified. Well, it's okay to reward yourself, right? Like it, and it, 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 it and is. People should have goals. It's just as long as they're not. And listen, I was guilty of this for a long time. If you're ch if you're chasing these type of things, material goals, cars, jets, you're fucked. You're fucked. You're, yeah, fucked. you're completely fucked. It's you're, not you're, one, you're one of those people at Club 55 in Saint-Tropez spraying or being sprayed by a $6,000 magnum of champagne while half the fucking world is starving. Yeah. Half the planet is going to get by on $2 a day today or less. And most of them are hungry. Most of them are living in impoverished conditions. For me personally, I, I feel like God exposed me to all of that stuff on someone else's dime so I could remember what's real. And, and what's real are my friendships and my relationship with my significant other. I almost said her name. Uh, my significant other, my relationship with my significant other, my ability to be of service in the communities that I'm blessed to serve and the effect that 
you know, the book has had on people like that, that's the best stuff ever. All that other stuff is, is meaningless. Is it easy for me to not drink and not do drugs as a result of drinking bottled water that comes out of a glass bottle versus a plastic bottle versus maybe tap water? I don't know. I mean, challenges and problems are challenges and problems. And, and what somebody is going through that might seem insignificant to you might crush me. Right. And vice versa. And, and vice versa. Yeah. So I don't, not last Mercury in retrograde, but there was a couple Mercury's in retrograde when we were building the West Hollywood location. And I was racing in my fancy SUV and I had to go back to Malibu and coming from my friend's big house up in the bird streets. And this woman needed to take a left and she just didn't see me. And she just fucking plowed right into me. I mean, she 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 hit my car good. Not not like horrible, like it had to go to the shop or anything, but I mean, she hit my car to the point where it's gonna have to go to the body shop. And she got out of the car and the look on her face, she didn't need to say anything. The look on her face, the look of fucking anguish. And my first thought was, what, you know, it's gonna be a couple hundred bucks. Maybe it's gonna be a couple thousand bucks. I don't fucking know. Fucking I don't, I, yeah, I don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. And I literally went up to her and I put my hand on her shoulder and I'm like, just go, it's okay. And she's like, like what? And I'm like, it's okay. Just get in your car, I'll, I'll fix it. And she was in like some shitty car and I could tell that, you know, from the look on her face that she was going through some struggle. And I don't at all want anyone to, I don't want, I'm not trying to paint myself as a good guy because I'm not, I'm a normal guy that's woke up a little bit. I just, I woke up a little bit. And I, I want people to understand that when you, I'm not saying when people crash in your car, let them go. I'm just saying if you have the ability, I have the ability. I got a bunch of dough in the bank and enough money in my pocket to cover whatever the fuck happened to my car that day, right? And I let her go. And who ultimately was the great recipient of that? Who felt amazing, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, of course, right? So whether it's picking up someone's tab when you see a single mom and her kids are misbehaving and you can tell they're kind of, you know, or you see the couple and they're like looking at the prices on the menu. And if you can afford it, Throw him a bone. You At know what? I do have to call my husband out because he let me go. What do you mean? Well, I hit your car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I hit your car with my car and let you me, let me let go. Me let me tell you something. Let me, let me tell you a little story here. She calls me up one day. She's like, hey, you're going to be a little upset with me, which I, honestly, okay, whatever. She's like, you're going to be a little upset. I'm like, why? She's like, okay, well, I, I crashed my car. I'm like, okay, no big deal. Like, fix the, fix the car. She goes, yeah, but I crashed it into your car. How? So she, she did. I don't know. How. I don't know. <laughs> I was more impressed that she managed to hit my car with her car in our parking garage because it's literally where it's her impossible. car is. Yeah. You have I don't even know how you should maneuver to do it. But it just it just I happened. just had to call you out cuz you did you did let me go. She didn't just hit the car. She ripped off the front bumper and ripped off her back bumper. I have a question about something. Yeah. And I, and I have a question because Faye, my sister's been on the show um and talked about addiction and this is something I ask her a lot too. When you're at this funeral and there's all these people that are drinking and doing drugs and they're getting too close in your face and maybe their breath smells like alcohol and they're they're in your energy. Yeah. Does that bother you or do you have uh, tools and tactics that you use to repel that energy? I mean, does it bother me now today? Presently? Yes. No, God, no. So how do you get it out of your space? How do you cope with anything like that that's going to bother you? You you work on yourself so much till you get to the point where you're healed and you're happy and you're whole and you love yourself. And when you can work on yourself and you get to that point where you love yourself and you honor yourself, I mean, that it's so funny that you say that because this guy literally... One guy's on my right and one guy's in my face. And the one the guy was in my face, I did some really bad shit. I didn't bring it up. And the guy on my right come closer. smelled so bad. I mean, his breath smelled so bad like alcohol and cigarettes. Kind of smelled like maybe a gopher had gotten inside of him and died. <laughs> but <laughs> I I had I had I had love for him. I had love for him. I had no idea who this guy was and he was talking as if we were best friends and he's bringing stuff up. Remember that one time in sixth grade? Remember that one time? And I just sat there smiling at him. I put my arm around him. I had compassion for him. I had empathy for him, not sympathy. If it were if it were five or seven years ago, I would have had sympathy for him. If it were 10 years ago, I, I would have been upset and I wouldn't have said anything. And if it were 15 years ago, I would have been like, dude, you fucking stink, get away from me. Yep. Right? Empathy so, and sympathy really quickly speak on the difference. 
sympathy is me looking down on somebody and me feeling sorry for somebody and me feeling like I'm better off or I'm more evolved than them. Mm -hmm. Empathy is knowing that I am him. I am him, right? I'm I'm that guy. I'm that guy that's had too much to drink and I've smoked too many cigarettes and did God knows what the night before to create that kind of an odor coming from my mouth, but I, I was that guy. And so no, I, I don't I don't get mad when when people do that for the most part. I mean, look, he, here's the deal. Hurt people hurt people, right? If I'm hurt, I'm going to hurt you and I'm going to hurt you. I'm I'm going to not not intentionally, but if I'm in pain, I I want I want other people in pain. That's that's called human nature. That's why we watch, you know, Jerry Springer. That's why we, you know, look at the accident as we're driving past. But if if we're happy, if we're truly happy, you ever had such an amazing day? You meet the girl of your dreams, right? The, the beautiful blonde goddess and your business starts taking off and you got the new car and you're cruising down the road and someone fucking flies right in front of you and you literally smile and you go, come on in. And you laugh to yourself. Yep. Right. You remember being younger and broke and your chick dumped you and you're and you're hurting really Pissed bad. Off at everything. Yeah. And someone kind of veers into your lane a little bit and now you're alongside of them going, "Fuck you, motherfucker." And you're trying to drive their car off the road, right? I'm giving guy examples. I'm sure women have examples as well. But it it's if if you're upset and you're unhappy, then anything coming into your space, whether you're sober or not sober, is going to bother you and you're going to react. But if you can if you can evolve enough and really truly have a hard look at who you are, and what you're all about and and learn to love yourself. And I don't mean like living my best life, you know, and like taking you know, the filter on and doing 200 pictures of myself. I'm talking about like literally living, living my best life, being the man that God intended me to be. If I'm being the man that God intended me to be and someone cuts me off or someone fucks me over or someone gets up in my grill and they're all drunk or whatever, I'm gonna have empathy for them at 16 years clean and sober. Well, that's the key. Yeah. Well, and also, l let's be honest. I got a bunch of dough in my pocket. I got a bunch of dough in the bank. I got a nice house. I got a nice car. Got a nice cat. Got a hot girlfriend that loves me and accepts me for exactly who I am. So, yeah, you're going to have to work pretty hard to piss me off these days. Well, here's the thing. That's, and I want to stay on the subject for a minute because I don't think people realize how pow like having empathy is also a selfish tactic that you can use to become extremely happy yourself. Like if you have empathy, like there's it at this point in my life, and you've actually kind of highlighted all the stages, like pissed off, then upset, yeah. then looking. And at this point, I, I try to look, I try, and I'm not always perfect at it. Nobody is. I try to look at the world when I'm dealing with anybody for any reason from their perspective first, before I put my perspective on it. Because I'm like, okay, Let's say we're doing a business deal and this person's being difficult or they're being a scum, whatever there is. I'm like, okay, they believe from their perspective that they need to do this because X, Y, and Z is going on in their life or happening. And so it's, it's it's hard for me to be upset. I read something a long time ago. It's like nobody does things out of bad intent. They don't. It just you know, human human beings aren't, but the high majority are not bad people. They think what they're doing is right for them. And so if you can look at it from there and not be upset and not be bothered and have that empathy, I think you can, one, you're going to be a happier person. And when you have that energy out there and you're putting everything around you starts to get better. But when you're the opposite and you're, and you're angry and you're upset and you're sad all the time, you're putting that out to other people. And like, there's just nothing good that can come of it. And so what I always tell people is like, if you're someone on the internet, that's writing hateful messages, you're being angry, or you're treating your family with shit or your wife like shit or your friends, whatever, like that's only going to come back and harm you. Yeah, we're you can call it the the law of whatever that is, the law of attraction or where that we're magnets or whatever you think about you're giving energy to, but yeah, for sure. If you treat people with kindness and love and empathy and if, understanding and understanding if that's how you live your life, right? Then your life is just going to automatically be awesome. I mean, I, I said this recently, you know, there's a janitor in Cleveland who is is happier than we're ever going to be. And why is that? Because he loves his wife. He loves his kids. He loves his job. He loves the community he lives in. He feels like he serves a purpose and, and there's a utility to his vocation, right? So that that janitor in Cleveland feels happy all of the time. Whereas the dude in the Bentley that's going down Santa Monica Boulevard that's screaming at people and flipping them off and, you know, lost a five million dollar deal, even though he lives in a forty million dollar house, like that dude's fucking miserable and he's gonna stay miserable. So it, it yeah, happiness. It's a state of mind and it's the result of, of treating people the way you want to be treated.
where do you think your confidence comes from? Because you're a very confident person. You And I know it's something you've had to work at. At least it seemed like that in your book. You've had to work at it. God, that's an interesting question. I find myself wildly insecure. I mean, why am I doing manscaping before coming and doing your podcast? Well, you know never what, know. I might well, ask on. you to pull your dick out let's on stay, air. Let's, let's stay on that subject. I don't know what you thought was going to happen in here today. But. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm saying- I have asked Taylor to pull his out and there's razor burn all over it. What, so you never know. What What is the purpose of a grown man constantly fighting this uphill battle that I will ultimately lose to remove my body hair and to and to maybe have abs and to look good and to smell good and to I mean there there's a lot of insecurity that resides within me I mean, some of it is I want to look good and I want to smell good because it feels right but no I I find myself incredibly insecure and very very needy sometimes and I can I can dip into jealousy not as much as I used to, but I can dip into jealousy. The, the interesting thing about my life is having been exposed to everything I've been exposed to for the last 10 years, meaning all these incredibly prolific, amazing super athletes and movie stars and rock stars and whatever, feeding them, having them bring me along on their journeys, looking at the way they're living their lives and coming to the harsh realization that I wouldn't fucking trade places with any of those people ever. I would much rather have the happiness that the janitor in Cleveland has than have the fame that keeps the person that's in the band locked up in their room on a Friday night eating fake potato chips and trying to date another, you know, 19-year-old because that's going to bring some sort of meaning to that person's life. Yeah, but you know what I noticed about high performers and Ed Milet who I will really want you to meet. You got to yeah. go on his show. Wait, I, th- I think we, we, we're we going to make we're, that we're introduction. Gonna, you guys have to connect. Love but you. Ed Milet is a, a super high performer and he also talks about confidence all the time, but he talks about how he's insecure and his insecurities. I think the, the, the key is, is that you're self-aware enough to notice that you do have insecurities. So yeah. you're constantly working on yourself to be more confident. Whereas there's some people who are insecure that don't acknowledge the insecurity, so it's hard to build on the confidence. Or people stay, say, I'm insecure and I'm not confident, and they just believe that narrative for forever, and so they never they never try to work on it or improve. They just say, well, I'm an insecure, yeah. unconfident person, so that's just how I am. And like, I, they don't take the time to say, let me try to work on this stuff. I move forward with certainty in the direction of my dreams as if I had three armed guards behind me because I have a really strong personal relationship with whatever it is that created me. How about that? If there's any type of security in me, it's knowing, I'm gonna use the word God, even though it's a dirty word here in Los Angeles, I know that God's gonna take care of me. I know that God is gonna walk me through difficult situations. I know that I am going to get what I give in life. So if there's any anything about me that seems confident or sure of myself, it's because of my relationship with God. That's the whole foundation of everything. I mean, you know, it feels good to have the money and it feels good to have the cars and it feels good to, I guess, look good on Instagram sometimes. But again, none of that shit matters. What matters is that I'm taking care of my mom 100%. I'm 100% responsible, you know, financially. That's like, just that, that's good right there. And then with my girlfriend, I do anything and everything I can to bring happiness and meaning into her life. Anything I can do. I don't care if it's a pair of little cute pair of cashmere socks or if it's giving her a little shoulder rub or if it's telling her that she's beautiful. Like that to me is being the man that that God intended me to be. Trapper keeper, Michael. And then- Pull it out. And then with my- Fucking Khalil. And then, (laughs) no. And then with my employees, like I, I wanna bring levity and happiness into their lives every single day. If you walk into one of my stores and my employees aren't making fun of me and my employees aren't laughing and my employees aren't high-fiving me when I walk in, then I'm a fucking failure. I had a really, really tough year last year. Lost a million one last year. Lost $1,100,000 last year. Why? Because the fucking weather sucked, the fires happened, People are pivoting away from, you know, sugary sweet things and now everyone's paleo and keto and, you know, there's always going to be fads, right? But people are always going to come back to juices and and 100% certified organic food. So I'm not, I'm not sweating it too badly. But the point is I lost a shitload of money last year, but 
coming from where I just came from, which is the West Hollywood location. And thank see, God you opened that, by the way. Thank you. Right across from the gym I go to. Seeing those kids light up when I walked in, seeing the smile. There's a there's a girl there named Amethyst, Amethyst in French. Crystal? Yes, the, yes. There. So when you walk in, there's a massive amethyst, and then there's a little amethyst, <laughs> right? And looking at her, and I literally went, Amethyst, Amethyst, and she's cracking up laughing, and I'm cracking up laughing. So I won. I won. I'm a massive success because of that. My, my, my bills are paid. I got a little loan from Chase. Century City's crushing. Malibu locations are crushing. You know, I'm pretty confident about West Hollywood. Scottsdale, not so much. We're losing $25,000 a month. Well, we got to get our Scottsdale. Scottsdale, Scottsdale we got to pick it up. All the people in Scottsdale. Scottsdale, here's what you do. Go in, get an iced matcha, sometimes hot depending on the day. But I guess in Scottsdale, it's pretty hot. So I'd go with iced. And then get the Khalil-style bone broth. Yeah, listen, you. Scottsdale, it's not, the people of Scottsdale have been amazing and I, no, no joking. I mean, most of the customers have come from this podcast, so they're amazing. The landlord said that we were going to open up at the back of the mall, which would then be the front of the mall and everything would be open except Equinox and Equinox would open four months later. So we open and nothing is open. If you, if you, if your Scottsdale listeners are listening, they'll tell you it looks like Chernobyl. You're too young to know what Chernobyl is, but it looks I like the, I showed her the HBO show. She didn't want it, to watch it. She it said it was too dark for her. It looks like Chernobyl. There are cranes and warning signs, and you can't even find sunlight in Scottsdale. Well, what's this? Are you, what's this landlord's deal? The landlord needed us to open there because we they need to send him a firm letter or what? My lawyer wants me to, but I would rather just work harder and be more creative and pivot. And here's look. Here's the good news. Nobu's opening in three months. Farmhouse is opening in two months. Zinc Cafe is supposed to open up next month. Oh, damn. They're opening a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. I'm to go to Scottsdale again. It's been so, a long time. So ultimately, Scottsdale will be amazing. But, you know, in the meantime, we're losing $25,000 a month. Marin County, you know, Marin County Country Mart, we're losing $10,000 a month. Palisades Village, we're losing $10,000 a month. I mean, you, you, you're you not going to win them all. This is business. No one told me to go open up 14 stores. Is that how many you have now? 14? 14 stores. Yeah. yeah. If I were like everybody else, I would dumb all the ingredients down. I would use, you know, some organic and then lie and say that, well, we're mostly organic whenever possible, which is a crock of shit. We live in LA. How is it not ever possible, right? It's possible. It's always possible. Three o'clock in the morning, it's possible. You can go to the, the you know, the LA Produce Mart. You can buy all the organic produce you want. 40,000 pounds of it a, a week, I think is what we're going through. So if money were the goal, I would make a bunch of money. Money was never the goal. The goal was, is how do you get a corpse that's 109 pounds that can't walk from here to the front door of your office without gasping at 33 years old and turn that corpse into, that was a, I was a 109 pound corpse. Now I'm a 154 pound athlete that could sprint to the front door, probably carrying one of you guys on my back, right? I might fall a couple Maybe times. Maybe not me. <laughs> Although I'd love to try. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, now I'm starting to read between the lines here. Talking about carrying my wife, talking about manscaping. Like, I got to, what do I got to, we need, we need to have another conversation. Bro. I know. You're going to text me. You later. never know what the baby will come out. Maybe the baby will come out oh. with matcha. Listen. <laughs> oh my God. I'll tell you something. I don't know if I'd have a lot of empathy for that. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I could, I if I could cope with that one. So the goal was, so since I went from this pathetic corpse to this happy, healthy 50 year old man, right? All of this stuff is what I did to get there. Mm -hmm. Literally drinking aloe every day and, and making myself matcha in the morning instead of copious amounts of disgusting, you know, going to Starbucks for coffee or whatever and acai and, and fruits and maca and raw cacao. And I mean, I can go on and on and on and on, but I put this stuff in my body every single day and every single day I looked younger, I looked leaner, I looked healthier, I looked happier. The collagen returned to my skin after 20 years of smoking because I started putting collagen back into my body, right? And you also had, you, I heard on Almost 30, um, I was just listening to the podcast you did with them. And I heard that you said that you drank a lot of colossum. Colostrum, mother's What's milk, that? mother's milk. I show you. Oh, okay. I'll pull my tits out and just squirt <laughs> it in Mother's milk. Should I just squirt it in both your mouths? I would. I would love that. <laughs> oh God, this is getting. This is. This is going to turn into a new direction. I was. Getting, Taylor doesn't want to be left out. He has a shot glass in his hand. <laughs> I was getting raw goat colostrum from Amish country delivered twice a week to this place called Rossum in Venice until the federal government came in with guns drawn and shut the place down. And then, what? What the hell do they? Why do they? Why do they do that? They don't want you drinking mother's milk. 
Who's your goat guy? Raw, uh, raw dairy. You're not allowed to drink raw dairy or sell raw dairy. Oh, because people get... Yeah. Mm, I think it might have something to do with the dairy lobby. Yeah, but, there's something going on. Yeah. There. I was doing that. I was taking organ meats and I was blending them up, you know, with with different fluids. And yeah, I mean, I, I got way out there. Look, I'm not telling everyone that they need to run out and start doing enemas with ozone. Um, which <laughs> is that, was, that was another thing you did? Dude, I, I did it all. I did, I did everything. I went to Panama. I did stem cells. I stuck ozone up my ass uh, a couple times a week. I did NAD, massive amounts of NAD. Okay, of all what's these NAD? things, what, what had the greatest impact? I'm Wait, actually, oh, hold on. Just what's NAD first? I, I can't pronounce it. It's adenine, nicotinamide adenine ditrypto something. I have no fucking idea. What does it do? We're born with a bunch of NAD. When we abuse our bodies or get older or both, we lose all that NAD and okay. our neural pathways get all fucked up. And if you put NAD into your body intravenously, which is the only way it's going to really have a, a profound effect, much like glutathione, which I also did a lot of intravenously, much like ozone, which I didn't. If you if you do that stuff, it repairs your neural pathways. It's regenerative. It, it, it makes you younger. It makes your cognitive function. Much. Guys, if you talked to me 10 years ago, I was like a dummy. Not that I'm not a dummy now, but I'm just saying like I could, I could, I struggled when I spoke. I struggled with memory recall and stuff like that. So how many years were you doing heavy drugs? Heavy drugs? Not that long. I, I didn't get into heavy drugs until my mid twenties. Okay. But when you, when you got into it, was like, is that like five years, 10 years? Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. It's still a long run. Dude. Seven I, years that probably felt like seventy. I, I shot up in the end every fifteen minutes, Ugh. and if I ran out of coke and I ran out of heroin, I would just shoot hot water or cold water. I was that pathetic. So you were just—it's almost like smoking a cigarette when someone like chews gum or eats sunflower seeds. You yeah. just needed some kind of association with the heroin. I had to fix. I had to fix, and I wanted wow. and I wanted to shoot to death's door every time because that was the only thing that. It's so sad to think about. It was the only thing that that felt good. What would you say to yourself if you could talk to yourself when you were shooting up hot or cold water for heroin? Like, what would you say to Stop, stop, stop. What the fuck are you doing? Life is so beautiful. Life is so precious. Guys, there's people right now, they're laying on their deathbed that are about to take their final breath that would do anything for one more hour, one more day, one more week. And what the fuck are we doing? We're sitting on fucking Instagram, right? We're going out, running out and buying golden goose tennis shoes and Goyard totes and leasing cars we can't afford and, and living in apartments that we can't afford and trying to impress a bunch of people that don't give a fuck about us. What, what, what happened? We got lost. We lost ourselves. These little fucking devices have taken over our lives and it's sad. And my next book's gonna come out in the spring and I am getting the fuck off social media and I'm just gonna set up a voicemail that says, if you need to contact me, shoot me an email, right? Or if you know me, get a hold of my assistant or whatever. But I just, I don't know. I would tell myself, stop and, and start living. And that's why the second book is called Remembering to Live. The first book is called I Forgot to Die. The second book is called Remembering to Live, Lessons I Learned Crawling Out of Hell. And, it, and it's about- like When is know, it coming out? Uh, spring, nice. spring. You know, so many people, they they, they don't realize, they, or like, there's there's certain things we don't want to face. One, like if you're struggling financially, a lot of people that don't ever want to look at their finances because it's a, it's a, they have to face their fears and anxiety and get that right. And the other thing is like they don't want to face their mortality. Like that's the biggest thing. And, and so you squander your time and you give your time away and you let other people control it. Like Lauren and, and some of my close friends will say that I can be rude or um, mean essentially with my time, but it's because I'm ruthless with my time because Great. I'm so protective of it. Great. Right, like. Sometimes an email will come through. I'm like, this is just taking from you. So I'm not going to respond. Or somebody like, hey, let's go to lunch. I, I don't like It's certain things because I know that this day is never coming back. Right. And if people looked at their time the same way as they looked at a dwindling bank account and realized like, hey, this is this is not an infinite thing. This is one thing you can never buy back and you have to guard it and you have to t take it really seriously. I think people would start to live much more fulfilled lives because they realize like all those wasted days, all that wasted time, all those bad things you do to your body, the bad relationships, the negativity, like... You, it's, you, you can't, you'd only have a little bit of time here. You might as well make the most of it. And people just don't get it. I would, I would guess that half the people listening to this podcast right now are in relationships that are no longer serving them or serving the other person that they're with. And they're scared to get out of it. And the person they're in the relationship with, that person is scared as well. They're, they're, just, they're just squandering their time. 
And the unfortunate thing is when we get much older, right? We look back and we go, my God, where did the time go? Well, I'll tell you where it went. Shitty relationships. You're sitting at a table and they're no longer serving love. Get up, walk away, right? I know it's easy to say I can be cavalier about it, but look, I ended a, a nine-year relationship with somebody who is infinitely a better human being than I am. An amazing girl, a gorgeous girl, one of the coolest girls I've ever met in my life. But here's the deal, didn't fucking work. We were nitpicking at one another constantly. The intimacy had, had evaporated. We decided to build a business together rather than build a life together. Big mistake, right? Yeah, be careful. Yeah. yeah. So I, I had to walk away from that relationship and it was one of the most painful things I ever did. But had I not walked away from that relationship, I wouldn't be in the current relationship that I'm in now, which is the greatest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah, your girlfriend's pretty fucking chill. Thank you. Well, She's they, cool. What, what did, I think, it, and listen, I maybe I got who said this wrong, but it said there's only two for, there's only two sure things in life and it's taxes and death. Mm -hmm. You heard that? It's like taxes, who cares? But it's, it's true. Pete, like It is 100% we are all going to die. We only have a limited time and that could be tomorrow. It could be 100 years from now. Who knows? Whatever, whatever stage you're in. But it's going to happen. So you might as well make the most of it in between. And if you're living a miserable life and you're not happy and the people around you aren't happy, like you got to make some changes. You got to make them today. Yeah, and I don't think going to hide tonight and and burying seven cocktails in your stomach and maybe doing a, a key bump of Molly and hooking up with some stranger is gonna bring you what you really want. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, and I can say this pretty definitively, what we all want is love. What we all want is community. What we all want is a human connection. What we all want is intimacy. And People ask me all the time, like, you don't go out? You don't go out? Fuck no, I don't go out. Why don't you go out? Because I'm not looking for anything. I don't, I don't want anything, right? Or all this talk of, you know, the Bitcoin and this and that and like whatever. Like, I'm not saying I don't want to make money and someday I will. Someday this company will be wildly profitable and somebody will come along and offer me an obscene amount of money. And as long as they're willing to maintain the integrity of the brand, I'll probably sell a big chunk of it or most of it. I'll always control it in one way, kind of like- Well, it'll happen because you're not trying to do it for the wrong reasons. You're not building an arbitrary cash machine. You're yes. doing it because the intention's in the right place. And those are the people that always make all the money. And that's what's so counterintuitive is people don't realize the people that make all the money are the ones that, I mean, listen, there's people that make short-term money. Don't get me right. wrong. There's a lot of people that we know, we all know who we're talking about that make this short cash, short-term money. They're not really building anything. It's just like they have some money in the bank at a certain time. But the people that build really massive life-changing things that, that have legacy are the ones that never set out with the intention of just building a cash machine. They did right. it because they wanted to change lives and have an impact on the world. Yeah. Why does Warren Buffett still live in the same house and drive a you know an old pickup truck? Because he's happy because he doesn't need anything, right? Give a shit. You ever see that amazing picture of the three richest men in the world and there's not one watch, not one Gucci belt, not one like mean, you yeah. know Goyard, anything. There's not, not, nothing there because they don't need it. I, I know some of the wealthiest people on the planet and they would never dress like that. They would never post a picture of themselves on their private jet because it's their private jet. But it's just, it's it's really interesting when you think about that. And, and none of that stuff ultimately means anything. And look, let's say someone does come along in five years, 10 years and says, here's $50 million or here's $100 million for your brand. I will not be any happier then than I am right now. Right, right here, right now, this is as good as it gets. And you know what? It's fucking amazing. If I can spend time with people like you and I can proliferate a message of hope and change, which that's the only thing that I can bring of value to anybody that's listening, because I don't care what you're going through. When I was a child, I would masturbate chronically. I would shoplift. I would be violent. I was having sex when I was 12 years old. When I, when I finally was scooped off the streets and put into, into you know, primary care, triage, whatever, rehab, I was $200,000 in debt from all the ambulance rides and all of the hospital bills and all of that stuff. My credit score was like a 430, right? Whatever it is you're going through, I can relate. The panic attacks, the anxiety attacks, the psychiatric medications, malnourished, bulimia, anorexia, I did it all. I didn't do the the what was it where you throw up when you eat? I, I learned how to become bulimic because every time I fixed, I would throw up and then it became part of the ritual. And then even when I wasn't fixing, I would eat a big meal and I would throw it up. And you know what? It fucking felt good. I'm not going to lie. It felt good. It felt good to purge, right? And as I got skinnier and skinnier and skinnier, my sick fucking head told me I looked good. As my temples were caving in and my cheekbones became sallow and hollowed out, I thought I looked good. When I look at pictures of myself now, I look like a fucking corpse. So I've been there, 
I've, I've done it. And if a fucking moron like me, if a high school dropout convicted felon that can't spell and can't type can sit in front of you right now with a business that you guys love and brings a lot of value into your lives, right? With a book that you thoroughly enjoyed that brought value into your life and other people's lives and another book on the way. If I can do this, whoever you are out there, you can do it as well. Now, are you going to do it? Probably not because it's a lot easier to go back on, on, on Instagram or Facebook and fuck around. It's a lot easier to stay at that dead end job that you fucking hate. It's a lot easier to stay in the codependent relationship that is not serving you or serving others. It's a lot easier to think that you're a piece of shit and life has passed you by and you're too old and you just sit there and you wallow in it. But the truth is I started Sun Life Organics when I was 41, 41. I wrote my big book, my first book when I was 45. I opened my yoga studio when I was 46, right? You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too rich. You're not too poor. You're not too short, skinny, tall, fat. It doesn't fucking matter. If you have a dream, I'm going to deliver you the only important message that I can, that I can deliver. I'll reiterate it. Whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it. I also think that people use that as an excuse. Well, I'm too old, so I can't do that. It's bullshit. Well, well, I, I didn't go to college, so I can't open a business. I think that it's that if if you're using I can't do this because of this, you should really sit down and and refine why you're using that. I think On paper, I've never been qualified to do anything I've ever done. If right. you looked at like a like for example, it's just why when I hire young people here, I have actually no fucking clue where any of them went to school, what their degrees or what they I don't even look at it, Good. honestly. And I Good. hire a lot of young people. I go from the gut. Yeah. Do you want to work? Do you want to put in time? Are you passionate? Are you excited? Are you a collaborative person? Are you helpful? Do you want to put good things on? That's what I hire on. Really? Yeah. So these interviews with all this stuff and like this is this is why society is a little bit fucked up. They tell you you have to have all these qualifications and all these degrees and all this school and all this stuff before you can get started, before that's that's just not true. It's bullshit. all bullshit. It's all bullshit. I've never had a qualification. Either of you, either has she. And those are the people we admire in life. The people that actually go out, get started, take a risk, take a step. And, and if you do that and you're putting out good shit, people will rally around you and they'll help you, right? The reason we're such great customers is not because we have a relationship, because you put really great shit out there into the world. And we yeah. love it. Like, the intention the intention behind the brand was honest and pure and you can taste it, you can feel it. I mean, it's just- What is in that smoothie? That is so good. Amazing, right? Oh my God. Like if I read your resume and it said like, okay, he's this guy, he was living on Skid Row, he's an ex-addict, this and that, and I'm going to go get his health food now. Like, really, what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah. It's, but you make the best stuff. I take the best of the best of the best ingredients and I put it in a blender and I chew it up for you ahead of time. So then you can take it in that cup and drink it and be on your way and go do awesome things with your life. What is in the smoothie? Cause this is really good. That is, which one uh, is that? That's that matcha. That's a matcha goddess. So okay. that's that matcha, um, coconut meat, collagen, and medjool dates from what Bard, California. Oh, I love dates. And those are the best of the best of the best. Those are the AAA fancy, the best dates on the planet. By the way, when we were meeting with the guy that, that Harvard, or that, what do you call it, grows the dates or whatever, he, I kept saying like, I got to get them cheaper. I got to get them cheaper. And he's well, why are you going through so many dates? And I said, because we're making smoothies out of them. And he looked at me like he wanted to kill me. And he's like, you're putting them things in a blender and making smoothies? And I go, yeah. And he goes, we got the chopped up stuff. It's like the C grade. That's what everyone uses. And I said, I know. And I need the not chopped up stuff, triple A grade. And he goes, boy, put his hands on his hips. Boy, would you put a filet mignon in a meat grinder and make a hamburger? And I said, yeah, I would. He's like, get this guy out of here. Like he, <laughs> he hated me. But those are the dates that we use. They're so good. The Thank baby you. likes it too. I can. I, I know that sounds crazy, but I can like tell. This I'm is sure. so wild. Michael's not going to believe me, but I can like tell when the baby like is <laughs> like loving something. This is a Sun Life baby for sure. I mean, she's, of course you can she's tell. It's a Sun Life baby. Of course you it's can tell. It's a Sun Life matcha baby. You're creating life in there. You you women are the gods. I will never stop saying that. Everything we do as men is to please you guys. Is to be near you guys is to be intimate with you guys. Every watch we buy, every haircut we get, every- We really are disgusting creatures. We're disgusting. Yeah, we're, a little, we're, little, we're little rats. Oh, yeah. We're little rats scurrying at women's feet. And somehow they don't know that. Somehow they forgot we're that. We're the worst. Women want e e equality? Fuck that. You guys are the gods. We live for you. We worship you. Every rep at the gym, it's for you. Every rep. Is that true, Michael? Every, every bend? Everything. Every God damn it, Khalil. See, I can't say it better than that. I mean, I just yeah. knew he's going to make me look bad. Khalil, I need to know. Okay, listen. 
you got open invite whenever you want to come back or you know that we love you so much what's next what do, what do you got going on i need i need to know because it's hard to lock you down you're always running around what's next for you what do you do what are you up to second book will come out in the spring remembering to live lessons i learned crawling out of hell um just opened up west hollywood sun life organics we are opening up austin texas sun life organics next month that's gonna crush on south congress i hope so and that one is moving in the direction that ultimately will be my legacy so that one there's an amazing man named john paul de joria and his amazing incredible again goddess of a wife named eloise de joria and eloise put me together with jp and what they decided is they wanted to give me the money to open up Sun Life in Austin, Texas, but they wanted 40% of the profits of that store to go towards feeding the homeless and building homes for the homeless, but not just giving them money and food, but you know, making them go through vocational training, rehabilitation from drug and alcohol addiction, uh, all of that stuff. So that's going to be kind of the new direction we're moving in. Right. Is, is not just providing a service and giving the best of the best, but also helping everybody, not just like the rich people that can afford amazing stuff. All right. Khalil? Khalil, where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out. Um, For now, I'm on Instagram. I think that would be the easiest way to get a hold of me. I do want to put a little put a little preamble there. Whatever you see on there is most likely not mine. So if you are looking for rides on private jets, DM Rick Solomon, not me. And um, <laughs> I got to talk to this guy, Rick Solomon, at some you, point. <laughs> if you want to date... Yeah, I guess DM Rick Solomon, but I don't, I don't like, I have, I have a, a girlfriend that I love dearly and I'm super happy with her and I'm not, she's not going anywhere. I tried to get her a ring. I wanted to like be like you guys. She wanted a Peloton instead. So I got her the Peloton, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. She's fucking cool. She's cool. And uh, I got her the Peloton and she promised me she wasn't going to go anywhere. So I'm pretty happy. I'm madly in love. Come to Sun Life Organics. Come to Malibu Beach Yoga. Come to Sun Life Organics. By the way, I said last time when I was on here, if you come to Sun Life Organics and you see me, please approach me. What I forgot to say is, even if I'm in a conversation, just walk up and say, hey, I want to introduce myself. I heard you on the Skinny Confidential, and I am going to treat you to whatever you want when you do that. And, oh my God, and, you guys. And I try I to sneak it. around you when I see you in there. You know why? Because you're always so generous, and I'm like, and Dude, I, wanna... I see you on the cameras, and I treat you. I know, you're so... You're... <laughs> You're so wild. I because, said, stop texting No, this, he's like a ninja. He go. I don't even know how you know that I'm in there sometimes. And this thing I know, I'm trying to pay and then boom. Never stop texting me. Listen, if I cared about the fucking money, I wouldn't be doing it the way that I'm doing it. And I know that the money is going to come. And, and I know that n it's never going to change anything about who I am and what I am. I'm I'm cool. I want to treat you. I want to treat you. I, I really do. It feels good. It's kind of like, look, I never got to be the actor that I thought I was going to be. I never got to be the musician that I thought I was going to be because I liked sticking a needle in my arm and smoking crack better than either of those vocations. And I, fuck, I fucked it up. I threw it away. I got my SAG card. I got a cool band. We started recording a great record. Everything was happening. And then I decided, no, I want to be like Sid Barrett or, or Ian Curtis from Joy Division. I'd rather just like go merge with the night and they can find me in a in an alley or a gutter somewhere and then two years into my fucking recovery i woke up one day and i was like fuck i forgot to die and when i said it the hair on the back of my neck stood up i'm like i forgot to die i'm like fuck that's a book that's a book i gotta write a book and 10 years later i did so if you're a late bloomer or if you're an early bloomer or if you're rich or you're fat or you're skinny or you're poor or whatever you are Go live your dreams. Go live your dreams. Put your phone down, get pen to paper, write down a one-year, a three-year, and a five-year plan, and go fucking do it. You hear that, Taylor? Even if you have razor burn, go live your dreams. <laughs> go live your dreams, Taylor. <laughs> Khalil, I told you this last time. You're a bad motherfucker, my friend. Thank you, brother. Guys, wait, don't go. Make sure you've rated and reviewed the Skinny Confidential Him and Her Show on iTunes because every week we do a giveaway. This week we're giving away the cutest new TSC pop socket. It's like three hearts all stuck together and says TSC. It's on my phone right now. You will love it. All you have to do to win is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at the Skinny Confidential, and someone from the team will drop into a bunch of your inboxes and send you this new hot cute pop socket. As always, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. 